0: Good evening. You're listening to WNUR News 89.3 FM, HD1, Evanston, Chicago. I'm Erica Schmidt, and this is WNUR News at 6. Tonight, a disorientation week for college students, a look into emerging artist Obai's music, the buzzing exploration of brown noise, and... Another round of the hottest pop culture gossip on the B-List. Those stories and more coming up from Northwestern University. This is WNUR News at 6. Most colleges require incoming freshmen to endure some type of orientation week, like Northwestern's Wildcat Welcome. But last week, social justice and activist organizations at Northwestern quote-unquote disoriented the student body. Lara Choi takes the story.
1: Every September, all incoming Northwestern students go through a week of orientation, known as Wildcat Welcome, to familiarize themselves with campus and get adjusted to the basics of college life. But it doesn't cover everything, especially more political or activism-oriented topics. How will students learn the things that Northwestern won't teach? That is the goal of Disorientation Week, a new initiative focusing on teach-ins, conversations, and social activities that highlight on-campus organizing and efforts towards justice. Student organizers from various campus groups including, but not limited to, students organizing for labor rights, NU grad workers, reform CAPS, the undergraduate prison education program, the Jasmine Collective, and the Native American and Indigenous Student Alliance collaborated on a week of socially conscious programming from January 21st to 26th. They were inspired by similar events at other colleges such as the University of Chicago. I spoke to Jordan Mohammed, one of the organizers of Disorientation Week.
2: I, I'm a member of Fossil Free Northwestern and we've been really interested, especially since last year, in building coalition with other organizations that are trying to make change on campus. So, the idea of Disorientation Week is that we all work together on this really cool thing. And we just do this thing together that kind of helps build relationships and helps kind of build coalition and solidarity between participating
1: groups. The bulk of disorientation week planning took place during the first few weeks of winter quarter. The original plan was to host one event per day, but members of participating organizations were so enthusiastic that in the end, nine events took place over the six days. These included documentary movie nights, radical speed friending, and a teach-in about the history of on-campus activism.
2: A lot of people like the Northwestern movement history one. I really love that. I think I really think it's important for like us to know our histories. Like you gotta know the systems that you're trying to change. And um, I think learning about so many past movements at Northwestern is like, super inspirational.
1: On Thursday afternoon, NU Thrift Store hosted a teach-in titled Fast Fashion is Genocidal. According to Rachel Lynn, one of the co-presidents of NU Thrift, her group wanted to highlight the relationship between sustainability and social justice.
2: I feel like we tend to fixate on how fast fashion is bad for the environment, but like we don't really talk as much about how it's bad for humans too. We also don't talk about how it impacts environment disproportionately for people of color and the global south. We don't talk about that until it affects America.
1: The teach-in featured a presentation about labor exploitation in the clothing industry, followed by calls to action and a group discussion about how students can think critically about what they consume and adopt more sustainable practices. Though NU Thrift is not traditionally an activist group on campus, Lin sees future opportunities to educate other students.
2: Um, we're just trying to like, make people more aware about how all these issues are interconnected. We have to dismantle all these systems together.
1: Mohammed is a graduating senior and will pass the baton to new organizers next year. There have been proposals to make Disorientation Week an annual series of events every fall quarter when many students, especially freshmen, are still looking for new communities and opportunities on campus. Mohammed says that the week is a flexible concept that can be tailored to the interests of the organizations and organizers involved, having learned from the successes and challenges of this year.
3: I definitely
2: think people, a lot of people now kind of know about the concept and are kind of interested in it. and. Fingers crossed if we can make this happen next year, hopefully a little more accessible, that kind of name recognition will kind of help drive up participation even more.
1: Muhammad also emphasizes that much like activism itself, Disorientation Week was very much a collective effort.
2: Even though it was kind of pulled together last minute, like there was still a lot of collaboration that happened, and so I'm excited for that really to really be expanded next year.
1: For WNUR News, I'm Lara Choi.
0: Obai's debut EP, Seventeen, is Making Waves. Aiden Chung and Kara Totley spill details on his press conference, listener reactions, and plans for future musical exploration.
4: If you're looking for new music, then look no further. Today we're going to dive into the musical universe of Obai, an 18-year-old Sudanese-American singer-songwriter from Phoenix, Arizona, who's been capturing hearts with his catchy hooks, contemporary beats, and relatable lyrics. WNUR was invited to Obey's press conference ahead of the release of his debut EP, 17. But Obey wants his music to be more than just a melody. He wants it to be a story. A story of his teenage life, humble family beginnings, and Sudanese cultural roots.
5: For sure, I think I'm like a melting pot of just everything that I've ever consumed. Like, my sister used to play hella Backstreet Boys, hella NSYNC. My brother used to play hella old R&B, 2000s R&B, 2000s pop. But then my mom and dad would play Mohammed Wardi and, um, you know, a a bunch of other Sudanese uh, musicians and stuff like that. So I think uh, one thing I kind of take away from everything is, you know, little bits and pieces from from every kind of genre that I've heard.
2: That was Obey.
5: Certain people um, can express themselves in certain ways. You know, with me, I can express myself through music. So I feel like the best way I can express myself to have relatability in that is through making a lot of songs. And, you know, I feel like there's certain stuff in the EP that people can tap into to, to really hone in on that same thing, so.
4: The EP shares moments from when Obey was 17, which he defines as both the greatest and worst year of his life. In his own words, he really, quote, had no idea what was going on, Regardless of what's going on in his personal life, there's nothing else he'd rather be doing than making music.
5: The label will tell me to like get out of the studio. They'll like try to get me out. But like, I literally just, I'd rather be making music. So I just, I don't know. I think I just genuinely love making songs. And I like, you know, trying to tell stories with music or trying to relate with people. I don't know. I just, I, I love genuinely making music.
4: Although he still has his favorites. For seventeen, it's journals. The perfect example of his
5: storytelling through reason. It's the most personal to me. You know, I talk about my mom in here, talk about where I come from, I talk about, you know, the people who weren't so much on the page.
2: WNUR hosted a listening party after the launch of seventeen and got listener perspectives on the EP. I'm Miriam Solov, I'm a sophomore, I'm an accounting and analytics major. I really liked it actually. I was kind of surprised that I I because it's not
0: typically the music that I'd go for, but I didn't really enjoy it. Hi, my name is Ida Mahardo. Um, I'm a sophomore, and my major is finance. I honestly did not hate it. It It's kind of giving, like, Toy Lanes vibes. It, It kind of sounded like something I've heard before, but that doesn't mean it's bad.
2: Something I've heard before seemed to be a shared sentiment among listeners.
3: My name is Gabriela Avila. I thought it was good. It sounds like a lot of stuff that I hear, like, right now. It's not, like, my personal taste, but I think, like, I can objectively see that, like, people would like that.
2: My name is Nina Krull. I'm a sophomore. I'm studying environmental science. I like enjoyed the songs. I thought it was like a little generic. Like I think some of the songs I, I did enjoy a lot, but like I think the EP as a whole it was a little forgettable. Even though many listeners found the music to be more on the generic side, reactions were overall generally positive, and many were encouraging of Obey's continued development as a musical artist. I like his voice. I could tell like like, Barbie for sure had a def- definitely had like a different vibe than the other songs. So I think him branching out, it like, it's worked. Like, when he's done it, it sounds good. So I think he just should keep experimenting.
4: Obey recognizes he has a lot to improve upon. As he continues to dive into his musical universe, he wants to continue developing as an artist.
5: I want to branch out to, to more experimental sounds, you know? <laughs> For sure. I think I want to uh, also build a bigger universe with everything. You know, I think I could always do better with stuff.
4: And that's all that matters deep down when it comes to artistry.
5: For like art in general is just a powerful gift.
4: For WNUR News, I'm Aiden Cho. And I'm Cara Totally. But I'm not
0: better on my own. You've heard of white noise, but have you heard of brown noise? students are turning to a new type of study sound to help them focus julia allen reports
3: what do you hear if you said white noise you're only half right the clip you just listened to is actually called brown noise this new kind of noise has been popping up as an alternative to more familiar white noise but what is brown noise and why do people use it Well, white noise, which you're hearing now, has equal power across all frequencies, meaning that you're hearing all of those frequencies equally. Meanwhile, brown noise is more intense on the lower end of those frequencies, giving it a slightly different sound, more similar to rushing water as opposed to radiostatic-esque white noise.
2: I mean, it does honestly sound brown to me, Um, but maybe that's just because it's called that. I think, to me, it sounds like like the dirt you know like it's it's more of a like a deeper tone it's just a baseline
3: sort of thing that's northwestern sophomore margaret sprig dudley who started using steady sounds like white and brown noise to drown out distractors in noisy environments what i use it for is if i'm in like a public area and i'm trying to do like reading
2: specifically i'll like pop in the earbuds and put it on when i got to college is when i started doing like white noise when it was loud and I, like, would go and find a white noise playlist on Spotify, and I would play that. And I, but I didn't like how I was, like, always switching songs, because that was, like, distracting me.
3: And I found one that I really liked that was brown noise. And it was, like, I guess I liked it because it was, like, deeper, I guess. Sprig Dudley is not the only one who experiences improved focus from brown noise. Audiologist Grace Satkowski says that there is a scientific reason why steady sounds like brown noise help.
6: With steady sounds, over time, the brain can do something called habituate to the sound. And so what, what that does is it basically suppresses the brain's response to the sound so that you're not so aware of it and that you can pay attention to more important things in your surroundings theoretically.
3: Like Sprig Dudley, Northwestern freshman Julia Price uses brown noise to focus. But she doesn't just use it to shut out external distractions for some somehow it just turns off my brain like i will have the brown noise playing and i'll be like usually it's like when i'm reading like on an airplane um or if i'm trying to like if i really need to crack down and do work for me like that's so unheard of because i am like i'm thinking things all the time but like for some reason i listen to the brown noise and it's just like quiet listening to brown noise is said to have a variety of benefits like improved focusing concentration better sleep and stress and anxiety relief it's even been used as a treatment to help relieve symptoms of tinnitus. However, some research suggests that while steady sounds are useful for drowning out external noises, non-steady sounds like ocean noises might be better at distracting your brain while you fall asleep. The more recent studies
6: have shown that uh, noises that aren't steady, such as ocean noise, is actually more helpful than steady state noise to distract your brain. Um, Gets you sleeping, gets you relaxing, and it's likely related to that process of habituation, so you're not trying to suppress that sound and put it in the background because that noise is more unpredictable, it's not steady, so your brain is
3: paying attention to it more. As research continues about the benefits and use of sound, it's important to keep in mind that its impacts can vary from person to person. At the end of the day, it's whatever works for you. You know, everyone has
6: their own individual preferences as to what
3: they like, too.
6: So not only, like, you know, that aspect of the brain of, like, saturating the sound potentially could influence it, but also, like, what are some sounds that you
3: enjoy? You know, there's that aspect of, like, what just makes you feel good. So whether you like to study and sleep in silence with classical music or in the company of white, brown, or even pink noise, happy listening. From Evanston, I'm Juliet Allen, WNUR News.
0: It's Monday, you know what that means, another edition of The B-List. This week, reporter Ella Barnes takes us through the Oscar snubs, Justin Timberlake, and Britney Spears' quote, selfish, unquote, showdown, and the Super Bowl.
7: ...and pop culture. This week. Oscar nominations, the musical chart battle between Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears, and the Super Bowl. I'm your host, Ella Barnes. Stick with me. First up, when the 2024 Oscar nominations were announced on Tuesday morning, January 23rd, the snubs of the two most prominent women involved in Barbie, the director Greta Gerwig and the late actress Marco Robbie, became a breakout story. The film wasn't completely shut out was nominated for Best Picture, and Gerwig picked up a nomination with Noah Baumbach for the adapted screenplay, Ryan Gosling got one for Supporting Actor, and America Ferreira for Supporting Actress. In a statement, Gosling wrote, quote, "...to say I'm disappointed that they are not nominated in their respective categories would be an understatement." And in a statement to Variety, Ferreira said that she was, quote, "...incredibly disappointed that they weren't nominated." Other leading nominees for the Oscars include Oppenheimer with 13 nods, Poor Things with 11, and Killers of the Flower Moon with 10. Next up, Justin Timberlake's new single may be called Selfish, but it still has to share the charts. Britney Spears' 2011 track Selfish has overtaken Timberlake's new lead single of the same name on iTunes following a push from Spears fans to support the 13-year-old song. Following the Thursday release of Timberlake's new single and music video, Spears' fans rallied around her own song, the same name, on social media, ultimately helping to elevate it to the number one spot on the iTunes charts on Friday, January 26th. Finally, the 2024 Super Bowl matchup has been set. The Kansas City Chiefs will be representing the AFC after beating the Baltimore Ravens 17-10 on Sunday. Representing the NFC will be the San Francisco 49ers after they beat the Detroit Lions 34-31. The Chiefs beat the 49ers during Super Bowl 54, which was Kansas City's first appearance in the Super Bowl in 50 years. The 2024 Super Bowl takes place February 11th in Las Vegas. This year, Usher will take to the stage to headline the halftime show at Allegiant Stadium. That's all for this week. Make sure to check in next Monday to hear what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I am Ella Barnes.
0: Now it's time to talk politics. Sometimes political jargon gets difficult to navigate. Tonight, I'm going to supply you some important terms to know as we enter presidential primary season. Number one, what is a primary? According to Encyclopedia Britannica, a primary is, quote, an election to select candidates to run for public office, unquote. Indirect primaries are a primary in which members of a party elect delegates to a party convention. They are the most common among the 50 states. Generally, the voters in these elections will select delegates who attend a national political convention and are bound and pledged to cast their ballots on the basis of the preference of the voters number two when is illinois primary illinois's presidential primary is on march 19, 2024 if illinois voters want to cast their vote by mail They can already apply for a mail-in ballot for the upcoming primary election. They are also given the option to join the permanent vote-by-mail roster. You can find more information at the Illinois State Board of Elections website. Looking ahead, the primary season will continue until June 8th. That marks the start of official election season. Hopefully, that political run-through will help you prepare for the 2024 election cycle. More to come from WNUR News soon. Now, turning to the headlines. In Evanston, Chicagoland, and across the nation and globe, Saturday night, Northwestern's men's basketball played Ohio State at Welsh Ryan Arena and won 83-58. Six Northwestern players hit double digits and points scored. Their next game is an away game against Purdue on January 31st. On Friday in Evanston, fire departments from Wilmette, Evanston, and Skokie responded to a fire at the locker room store, which sells Northwestern apparel and merchandise. They were able to put out the fire in 20 minutes. No injuries have been reported, but the cause of the fire is still under investigation. The state of Illinois recently awarded a $4 million contract to Wexford Health Sources, a private prison healthcare company with a history of substandard healthcare. They are currently facing several multi million dollar lawsuits for delayed and poor quality healthcare, high vacancy of medical professionals. Camille Bennett, director of the Corrections Reform Project for the American Civil Liberties Union of Illinois, said it was, quote, disappointing and inexplicable, end quote, that the state retained Wexford. On Sunday, protesters threw canned soup at the Mona Lisa painting at the Louvre Museum, protesting the importance of healthy, sustainable food over art. No damage came to the painting as it was protected by armored glass and the room where the painting was displayed was reopened 90 minutes later. The food sustainability activist group Responsible claims that the French government has been breaking climate commitments and calls for a state-sponsored healthcare system which will provide better access to healthy food and increase farmers' incomes. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on X at WNUR News and Instagram at WNUR News 89.3. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website, wnurnews.org. That's wnurnews.org. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our producer today is Mika Ellison, and our reporters are Lara Choi, Aiden Chung, Cara Totley, Julia Allen, and Ella Barnes. I'm Erica Schmidt. Catch our next newscast Wednesday, January 31st at 6 p.m. Have a great be- have a great night, and now back to scheduled programming. Wait a minute. This is Erica Schmidt from WNUR News 89.3 FM. We are back because I forgot to report on the weather. Can't leave you guys chilly tonight. For a brief look at the forecast before we head out, no need for a raincoat tonight. The sky is clear and the temperature remains at a steady 38 degrees moving into the evening. But tomorrow, definitely expect a cloudier day with the high at 37 degrees and the low at 34. Humidity is high at 88 percent and the wind will reach up to 11 miles. Luckily, no rain clouds are in sight. As for Wednesday, it will be sunny like today with a high of 42 degrees and a low of 34. That sounds a lot better than the negative temperatures we experienced a few weeks ago. Signing out from WNUR News 89.3 FM, I'm Erica Schmidt and your producer is Mika Ellison. (laughs) Have a fantabulous night.